is not black. Hey everybody, welcome to the Club Kayfabe Podcast. This is episode 127. We're coming at you 11-15-2015. And it is the birthday episode for Chris O'Mealy. So Dan Peck is not even here because we're having more Chris. Oh, is, is that why he's not here? Aww. Yeah, exactly. Aww. We're, we're, putting, we're putting the spotlight on you. So Dan, ste- Dan stepped aside so I could do the whole show. Yes. Oh, it's so sweet. Yes, in uh, two days from when we record this episode, I will be 31 years young. And which is funny because I always feel old because I'm always working with people younger than me or like hanging out with people younger than me. But the two of you are already at this point. And I, I'm assuming it doesn't feel any different. Mm, no. Or is it going to be like Chris Traeger and I'm just going to start my body's just going to start breaking down? Stop pooping. <laughs> uh, yes. Our old pal Dan Peck is a little under the weather this evening, so he will not be joining us, but it's okay because I have done his duty and tortured myself by finding Facebook comments. Damn which right, we will... he's under. Oh, Triple H, why? I'm over the weather. <laughs> uh, you can't look at that camera. You look at this one over here. I don't want to look right in it, but... And don't look, look at those. It. <laughs> Triple H looking at the weather. You need to look at those clouds, but not those clouds. You want to speak toward the microphone, but not into it. You don't want to be up here. You want to be back here. <laughs> but they both sound terrible. <laughs> uh, we're we're going to talk about Triple H promo class. Actually, screw it. Let's start with this week's recap with Triple H promo class. Um, Breaking Ground. Are you guys watching Breaking Ground? I know Pat and I are watching Breaking Ground. Yeah, yeah. They uh, uh, this is they made the good. This it's week. So, yeah, it's so good stuff. Um, so first, I want to talk about the uh, the Tyler Breeze focus because we've already kind of heard this story from that ESPN special where he was on his last legs. His characters weren't getting over, so he completely reinvented himself and got himself over big time. But uh, not everyone's a fan of Tyler Breeze. <laughs> No, apparently not. Jason Jordan certainly is not. <laughs> Are those those amateur boots, bro? D- did you amateur wrestle? Because uh, you shouldn't wear those boots if you didn't amateur wrestle, because they're for amateurs. Uh, uh, oh, that's funny, Jordan. Weren't they chanting Gable the whole time? Like, we want Gable? Oh, my God. That was so... It was funny because it was super childish, but it was really funny, too. And then later he gets into an argument with Baron Corbin over history of the Alamo. <laughs> so I, but but that time I completely sided with Tyler Breeze. Not that I didn't before, because I like him more than Jason Jordan, but I don't like Baron Corbin. It's all right, Baron Corbin. You're not the worst thing anymore now that Braun Strowman's a thing, but you're still pretty bad. I also like the Apollo Crews storyline that they went with. How he got to see his family that lives in Texas. So it was really cool to focus on him. But I, I think what everybody wants to talk about is how we focused on Josh the Yeti and how much he sucks at promos. Oh my god. <laughs> yes, that was absolutely terrible. Could you do anything that's not that? He's like, I don't know about this. Like The Yeti's been my whole thing my whole life. I don't know if I can just get rid of it. Like, yeah, well. I like how they're in the meeting after and Regal goes, hey, does that, that, that 
Wookie roll or the <laughs> yeah, he's like, <laughs> like the Wookie what? Roll. He's like the Yeti. He's like yeah, what's a, what's a Wookie anyway? That's Star Wars. Oh right, all right. <laughs> I like yeah. how he knew what that was, but he didn't know what a Yeti was. I like how he knew what a Wookiee was, and then he's like, what's it from? Where do I know what, that? What's a Wookiee? Um, come on, Pat, even you know what that is. Mm-hmm. And you're not even a Star Wars guy. What's a bloody Wookiee? What's a Chewie? Is, is he saying that his sandwich is chewy? No, Mr. Regal, he's not saying that at all. Well, next week, uh, we get to watch Robbie Burkside scream at ZZ. <laughs> that should be fun. You notice how they haven't done any of the focus on the girls, though? That I wonder if that's going to come later, because I know that Sarah and Amanda are both there because they were both in that meeting, along with, like, Patrick and Mata and everybody. So maybe those guys are just getting it, and these guys aren't. Because I feel like they're, they're focusing on ZZ because he's the out-of-shape guy that they want to bury, but then they're focusing on Josh because he's the big guy that they want to push, and he's sucking. I Yeah, I feel like... Like, Tough Enough was kind of, it was just another vehicle, and now Breaking Ground is the continuation of all the same people, except we've got some NXT guys, too. But but I already like Breaking Ground more than Tough Enough. Right. Um, I, I never had an issue with Tough Enough, but I really didn't like this season's format. I still feel like the Austin season did the best job. But they didn't do that. The, this one was, I think, the worst one they did since uh, the, 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 the oh the SmackDown one, yeah, where everyone's on SmackDown. The the one thing I will give it though is that they had them stay in the performance center like a military barrack, as opposed to giving them this nice house. I like that aspect a lot. I think that's the right way to do it. Just you know, personally. Like I've heard, I've heard tons of stories, and you've probably heard them too, Pat, of people who actually stay at those training centers. Yeah, you know what though? You know what this show is doing for me? It's getting Dana Brooke over with me. Yeah, I, I don't yeah, hate her. Brown's making me like Dana Brooke a lot. <laughs> so good on them. It's also making me really like Carmella and Big Cass because they went shopping for cowboy hats, and that was really entertaining. <laughs> cowboy Cass. <laughs> I like how Carmella's like. I really wanted to keep this hat, but Enzo and Cass threw theirs out to the crowd, so I kind of had to do it, too. <laughs> I like that Aztec theater they were wrestling in. That was a really cool setup for a show. The NXT crew is now traveling outside of the Fall Sale Arena. Oh, thanks. Thanks, Mr. Shatner. All right. Um, let's talk about... Let's do. Let's move on to something bad related to the Performance Center. There is no more Billy Gunn. He has been terminated because he tested positive for some kind of growth hormone for, like, bodybuilding. And they didn't even know that – not only did they not know about the hormones, but, like, they didn't know he was doing this contest. And I think one of the big arguments I saw was, like, well, how come he doesn't get a three-strike policy? And somebody fired back with the, the statement I agreed with, which was, well, because he's not a contracted wrestler. Right. He's a trainer. Right, and the trainer rules are subject to, I don't even know if they have like a certain a one-strike rule or anything with trainers of zero tolerance. Yeah, you're, you're more of an employee than you are, you know, than an independent contractor, so... Right, it's like, I mean, it's not like the Bill DeMott situation, but Bill DeMott was just gone, you know? They just, they had to let this, the heat cool off around him. He might even be back in six months, who knows? He could be, yeah, you just, I mean, look at Del Rio. 
when, when the heat cooled down from his situation, he came back. He, he took the year off to do Lucha Underground, and then he was back. You know who else is getting really over on Breaking Ground? Uh, A-Train. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's he's really, like, it, it's cool that he stepped into that role. Where, because uh, now, now he's, like, one of, one of my favorite people in wrestling ever. And when he used to actually wrestle as A-Train, I couldn't stand watching him. But now I watch him, and I'm like, man, this guy's awesome. He gets it. I mean, that's he, why they have him there. He a lot when Finn Balor's around, but otherwise he gets it. Well, that's like Regal and Daniel Bryan, too. Oh, yeah. but um, I love the boy. I like how they even showed that little part with um, Josh where he was like, hey, get your stuff together, you know, you get your apartment and everything set. And he's, like, really going over, like, the things that you don't think about when you see these guys on TV at all. Yeah, you kind of have to move. You have to relocate your whole life. That's not easy. Trust me, I know. I've done it twice. I've moved to Florida, and I've moved out of Florida, and both of them were headaches. And now I'm three hours from Pat. Oh, yeah. Oh, I am. Just saying. All right. Um, I guess we can talk about something good. Should we discuss something good? Yeah, let's discuss yeah. something good. All right. Let's talk about this uh, world title tournament that they're doing. Uh, they did Raw, they did SmackDown to separate out all the opening matches. Obviously, you have Roman Reigns and Dean Ambrose advancing, which is the uh, the obvious factors here. But uh, I know you saw a really good match on SmackDown that you yeah. said the crowd was not over for, even though they could have piped in chance for them. Well, and that's where I wonder, like, did they edit the crowd? Because... Some of these matches were weird. Some were uh, heel versus heel, and some were face versus face. Um, most notably, they did Stardust and Del Rio. But the one I want to talk about is Ryback and Kalisto, and they did an excellent, excellent, excellent uh, David versus Goliath match. And it it really harkened back to Rey Mysterio. In fact, I almost called Mysterio by accident. Um, and Kalisto went over, too. Well, yeah, and that was the thing, because they it was perfect in the execution of that style. Because Ryback dominated for so long, he knew he was going to win. And then uh, Kalisto got a few shots in, and then uh, Ryback took him for a top rope suplex at the end, which he reversed into a, the, um, what's that, what's his move called again? Selena Del Sol. Yeah, exactly, from the top rope. And then pinned Ryback, Ryback kicked right out at three, and then shook his hand after. But I just thought it was su- it was such a good display. It was two baby faces, and Ryback played a little bit more of the heel in the match since he was the bigger guy. But it all worked out really well, and they did the handshake at the end. I thought that was the best match on the whole show. And the, the crowd just kind of sat on their hands, though. It's disappointing. And, like, to me, that's a match you could show. And they built it up like it was a big deal, too. But that match, I thought, made Kalisto as a singles guy on the WWE roster. because Which is what it should be, yeah. Right, we haven't be- seen because, uh Because Ryback's already over. People are into the Ryback character. The, the Feed Me More chance, oh, yeah. finish it. You know, people are into that character. Right. So for somebody to be built... So what, what I'm guessing, this is just my assumption as a wrestling fan, when people saw Ryback versus Kalisto, everyone assumed... It was going to just be a Ryback crush, which is why Titus was in the tournament, which is why Breeze was in the tournament. But that's not what it was, and that's cool. Right. And that's I, I think thing. that's the right way to go with it. Yeah, and I agree with you in that fact. He's totally over enough where 
a loss like that isn't going to hurt him. It's actually going to help yeah. make the other guy, and he can recover and do. He could work with pretty much anyone on the roster with how over he is. So it doesn't Ry- really matter. Ryback's not losing a step over this. He just he's not gaining anything, but he doesn't lose anything. Kalisto just took a huge leap. He he did a springboard off a trampoline, if you will. <laughs> right, and I mean this, like this could be, and I think that's WWE's hope um, for people who watch SmackDown, I guess, or that they'll see that he's in the tournament and advance over Ryback on Monday when they watch Raw. But to see that he's there, and now he's in one foul swoop, he could move away from Sin Cara, separate on his own. He could be their merchandise guy all of a sudden. You know, the masks will start selling better, I think, once he gets more over. So I, I think it's a win-win for WWE because Ryback will go on to feud with whoever comes Survivor Series or even be in a team match that they throw together. Either way, that'll you can be create good. A, you can create a feud for Ryback out of off of anybody, right? And Kalisto, I mean, he'll he, the next match is going to be Kalisto versus Del Rio, but and I have a feeling Del Rio is going to win that. But who knows? Maybe Kalisto will go all the way through till the till the uh, semifinals. He, yeah. yeah, he won't he won't compete at Survivor Series, but but it'd still be pretty cool. Um, well, well, from what I understand how that they're building this tournament, it's going to come down to Roman and Dean, which is, I think, what a lot of people want to see. And that, I think, is going to be a really interesting dynamic for a title match because I'm roughly about 80% sure it's going to be a Roman Reigns victory. But there's right. just enough in there with Dean Ambrose and how insanely over he is and how the crowd's going to react to this. That makes me really interested in this match because of that dynamic. Because we all know everyone's going to go for Dean. And people are going to boo Roman relentlessly. Even though he's doing a really good job of getting himself back over for the for the majority, I still think Dean is the bigger star in a lot of people's eyes. He's the guy they want. Right, which is why what WWE will do is they'll make him make the deal with the authority and then it'll turn Dean Ambrose heel and everyone will be like, we still like Dean Ambrose. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. I mean, he's going to, he's going to be booked as the heel in that match, but I'm just going to say this. If they turn Roman heel at survivor series and put that belt on him, I think it's going to be a big thing. And I think I'm going to love it. I think, yeah, that I think that would be the way to go. Um, I think after all his talk, he's the guy who backs out and still joins the authority anyway. That's that's a good angle. And then Seth Rollins comes back, and he's going to come back with adulation from the fans, obviously. Oh, he's coming back as a huge baby face because right. people still love Seth Rollins. Right, and then you have the feud can switch to the reverse where he's like, so as soon as I left, you just took this guy and put him in my place? You know, like that that's a good feud built in right there on top of all the stuff Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins already had. So that's right, baby girl. Ooh, ah, uh, <laughs> I'm your authority now. He's going to say, ah, ooh, once he turns heel, he's just going to go backwards. <laughs> ah, ooh. Oh, God. It's a reverse. Ah, ooh. Maybe somebody will get ah, ooh today. <laughs> oh, no, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, spoiler for points are buried. Not that many entries this week, but, uh, I, I like the effort put out, but we'll get to that. All right, um, 
Let's talk about what else they're doing for Survivor Series. Uh, the Wyatts challenged Undertaker and Kane to a tag match, which they accepted, but it's just a two-on-two standard tag match, and I think that's disappointing a lot of people. It, it is, because the whole point was the Wyatts beat down Undertaker and Kane four-on-two, which... And, and this, this match can change before the... And I have a feeling it, it will. I think it's going to change on Raw. I think it's going to be something like... They tell them to bring all the Wyatts, and then they just mock them and say, yeah, if you can find help, you'll get it. And then at the pay-per-view is when we reveal who Taker and Kane got to back them up. (laughs) Sting and Finn Balor, damn it. I think my favorite part of SmackDown was they double-choke-slam Harper, double-choke-slam Rowan, or excuse me, Raw, and then Bra Strowman is like... <laughs> they grab by the throat and they're like, yeah, yeah too big. No. <laughs> so they just switch him over the top. <laughs> that was pretty funny. Oh, uh, no. Oh, and did you notice uh, how Luke Harper got to take the chokeslam from Undertaker? No. That's called respect. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Eric Rowan got Kane. No disrespect to Kane, but compared to the two, let's be realistic here. I also like I was reading this one review about it, which two Wyatts it'll be, and it was it was a debate between it was either going to be Bray and Harper or Bray and Strowman and why, and then right in the middle it says Eric Rowan, not a chance in hell. Because <laughs> you all know which one it's not going to be. Man, this time uh, last year, Eric Rowan was face on the opposing team yes, from Luke Harper. He was baby face on that team. He, he and he was a uh, a Vintner, a Vintner uh, winner, right? That's when he uh, that's when he debuted his uh, his his weird sheep herder theme. That like it's not bad, but it was it didn't get a reaction because no debut- one knew who it was. <laughs> yeah, because debuting a new theme on a pay per view is a horrible idea. <clears throat> Wade Barrett. When he came out at the Rumble that year with his next new theme and no one reacted. Whoops. Um, yeah, so, see, these guys, anyone with Bray Wyatt, um, I mean, Luke Harper, I think, he's already established on his, he's former Intercontinental Champion already. Um, but anybody with Bray Wyatt right now is so lucky because how with how good he is, if you just have a beard and you so look like you came out of the woods, <laughs> you're, you're good to go. Because as long as you look intimidating, you could just be a Wyatt. It's fine. As long you, as Bray's there to talk for you and lets you say two words afterwards, you're all good. Can you imagine if it ends up being the return of Daniel Bryan on that team? Like, he just comes out and just teams with the Brothers of Destruction and Sting? Oh, I thought you were going to say he... How comes- cr- I think How he's crazy! Over with partner because he he was a Wyatt at one point. <laughs> no, I don't think they're going to make that. Dis- I don't think they're going to screw themselves over that badly. They they ended that storyline because of how much it wasn't working. Like, he, he talks about it in his book. He's like, that was supposed to go a lot longer. But the fans were so pissed off I turned heel that they just said, all right, screw it. We can't do this any longer. Yeah, it was too bad, it was such, too bad they didn't use that job. same mindset for that Royal Rumble, but, you know. Uh, but they had such a good match at the Royal Rumble. Yeah, they did. Oh, they had a great match. Hey, speaking of guys who are never going to have matches again, Stone Cold Steve Austin has once again stated, no, I'm never going to wrestle again. He still loves wrestling. He still loves what everybody does. 
You know, he's got his favorites and everything, but he simply says there's no need for him to ever wrestle again. And I do agree with this. You know, there's a part of me that would love to see another Austin match, but there's another part of me that's like, you know what? Good for him. He's not putting his body on the line for no reason. He doesn't need another match. I I know that there are a lot of people that want to see him wrestle Brock and wrestle Sting or whatever, but it doesn't need to happen. It just doesn't. I actually don't really think I need to see that. I yeah. think he was fine. Well, that's yeah. your point, right? Yeah. Like, you don't need to see him again. No, I mean, and I don't I don't ever mind him coming out for 20 minutes, 30 minutes on Raw and just wrecking everything. I love it. Stunning all the McMahons, whatever. You know, he just needs to be once in a while, come out, and, and even like, uh, I was a little disappointed with the last one, but he was like, uh, here's the Undertaker, and <laughs> he was gone. <laughs> I don't get why Bye. they do that. They just try to get the get the guy on the show. Stone Stonefold, what happened there? Did you just have to get your laundry done? Hell, son, you didn't hear that damn buzzer. <laughs> uh, so the dryer was ready. Follow the buzzer. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thanks, Stonefold. Um. Ric Flair has a great idea how to get Cesaro over. He wants to be his manager. <laughs> what? Well, how is I, that? Okay. I, I, I don't necessarily disagree that that would help, but I don't really know how it would work. Is he gonna? Is he gonna do it like Batista style, where he's just like gawking at how strong he is? Well, I, I know he does the Jason Statham thing in a suit, and I could see that working with Flair. But that's yeah. just basically, that's I think you're basically back to the same point. That is Batista, because Batista was evolution in the suit, and then, oh, Dave, Dave, look at you, you're so strong. Oh, look at that swing. Woo, look at the swing. Woo, woo, spin around, woo. You know what I would laugh hysterically at, though? If Cesaro did a swing to somebody and Flair was twirling on the outside, mimicking him, and then after Cesaro was done swinging, Flair took that classic Flair face bump. Yeah, yeah, Flair. That flop. would be phenomenal. I would. That might be my favorite thing that would have happened in wrestling in like the last ten years, easily. Somebody book that. Whoever spies and listens to this show, can you please book that? You don't even have to give us credit. Not that you do anyway. Just do it. <laughs> I, right. I also feel like I don't need to see Ric Flair on TV. Once in a while is fine. Yeah, once in a while is great, but too much. Well, too much. Too much would be just be a bad thing. Well, here's something else good that happened this weekend. Uh, the slowest walk to the aisle ever happened. Randy Orton got married. I. Yes. Do. Oh, thanks. Forgot my line. Of course you did, Randy. I wonder if there's going to be any RKO out of nowheres coming for that one. A divorce out of nowhere. <laughs> Didn't he already do that once? <laughs> that wasn't out of nowhere, though. No. no. This that... one will be out of nowhere. Um, couple of NXT notes this week. <clears throat> Looks like they're doing the bodyguard angle with Nia Jax right now. Because first they had, like, Eva Marie recruiting her after she destroyed a developmental girl. And then, next thing you know, she's coming after Bailey. So, you're, now you're wondering if Bliss has something to do with this. So, 
I think that's a good role for her, though, because she obviously is the most imposing diva in NXT right now. Like, it's the it's the role that works best for Tamina. I was going to say, she's like Tumina. Tumina. <clears throat> and is, wouldn't she tech... No, she wouldn't be related, because that's, that's a different island. But they're both Samoan. They're both Samoan. They're both Samoan. They're both Samoan. Yes, and of course, we got some awesome continuation with Samoa Joe. So that's going to be an awesome match, Joe and Balor. That London show is going to be off the wall. Not only are British fans already, like, crazy hyper when it comes to wrestling shows, but this is going to be even better because it's going to be an NXT crowd. Which it just is the occurs most to me. All the stuff you're talking about, I don't think I watched NXT this week, which means I have to do that afterwards. Oh. Well, I mean, this it, it was your typical stuff. But, and, and I'm going to have to spoil it for you, Patrick, but we have brand new tag team champions. The Vaude Villains have been oh. defeated. By Dash and Dawson. They did it. They went hard. <laughs> they went all day and night. So they're going to go hard against guys that are calling them soft. Yeah. All right. So to kind of follow up with what happened here, Bliss stole the, the belt. They did the six-person tag match. Bailey recruited the Hype Brothers, and Bliss had her boys. And then she stole the title in the middle of the match, walked out. There was a really funny spot where Murphy gets the Bailey to belly, and then Bailey rolls out, and Blake is just like, what? And Bliss was doing a photo shoot with the belt, which is where Bailey caught her, but that's where Nia Jax took her out. Oh, so, okay. yeah. Wow, it sounds like a lot happened. I have to watch this show. Yeah, it was a, it was a good episode. Uh, speaking of Bliss, apparently she's a ring rat. Somebody decided to remain anonymous, but wrote to the dirt sheets that, yeah, she sleeps with everyone. I don't have a problem with that. <laughs> Let, make sure um, Alexa Bliss knows that I, I have indeed trained to wrestle. <laughs> like, when, when they first said that about Sarah Lee, I was like, okay, she's not that bad. So what's the problem? <laughs> No, the problem is when they look like they're completely disease-ridden. Speaking of, I don't want to get political on the show because it's not in my place to be that way. But what happened in Paris was obviously devastating. Um, you know, it's not good. it's a terrorist attack. Terrorism is never okay in any factor. But if you're Tammy Sitch, you can call for the entire genocide of the Muslim population. This, of course, is despite the fact that less than 0.03% of Muslims are affiliated with ISIS. But hey, whatever. Call for genocide of an entire religious race, because that won't spread hatred throughout the world. I've drawn the conclusion that uh, the sunny days are over. And it's really unfortunate because it's been 10 years since Candido died, but that's when all this shit happened. Well, I mean, I, I Sonny said plenty of outrageous stuff before, so is this it's not shocking. No, it's not shocking, but it's like, God, just stop. <laughs> you know, there's a point where it's just like, it's not, it's not cute anymore. Just stop talking. <laughs> just stop. This is this is the time to just stop. Uh, she goes hard all day and night. Yeah, that's that's one of those things, you know. Um, <laughs> I'm pretty sure nobody thought 
I wonder what Tammy Sitch has to say about the attacks in Paris. Yeah, I don't think anybody thought that. <laughs> I, I, it was not in my uh, most frequently thought of things after I learned of the attack. I, I didn't say. That was no. just, yeah. Well, I, I heard I was at, I was at work because I was working that night and I started seeing a lot of talk about Paris and I'm like, what happened? Oh, apparently it was a terrorist attack. And that was the very first thing I, I thought in my head. Literally, the first thing I thought was, what does Baron Corbin think of this? Right. right. <laughs> dun, 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 well, you know, dun, dun. the Alamo. <laughs> uh, oh, speaking of another spoily for you, but uh, Bar- you, you're going to think Baron Corbin's going to wrestle because Ty Dillinger comes out with a brand new theme music and it's awesome. Oh. And then you hear the, the gay biker music and you're like, oh, no, this is going to suck. But then Apollo Crews saves you from having to watch Baron Corbin wrestle. Awesome. I, I like Ty Dillinger's game. But plus, on Breaking Ground, I like when he and um, Tyler Breeze went exploring for bats under the uh, bridge. Yeah, they were, like, scared, too. This is this is the real deal down here. Like, they're just bats. This isn't trained to be a WWE superstar. This is searching for vampire bats. <laughs> yes. Why don't you guys go walk through Patterson, New Jersey after dark? Trust me, you'll be welcoming the vampire bats. Well, if hey, any of you guys... You know what vampire bats like to do? Suck it. <laughs> Thanks. Yes. Yeah, will be here is. all week. will be here all week, guys. Hey, Sean, Mr. Fuji's over there. <laughs> that stuff was funny, though, when he wanted to make a lewd joke, but he needed to get rid of Christian Sean. <laughs> yeah. That was funny. And still, even though I really hated the new DX, the, the stand thing was the funniest thing I've seen in a long time. I like the new stand. DX because I thought they were so they were so good at getting Sean to do something still fu- usually funnier than what Triple H was doing to get him off camera. Yeah, get that damn DX! Alright. If any of you guys are waiting to see CM Punk have a fight, Dana White says it's going to happen before summer, but he's in no rush because he has said, look, the guy wants to fight. He's training. He's taking his time. Let him do it. Let him fight when he's ready, which I actually think is the right attitude. Why push him into because if they push him into the octagon before he's ready, then what's ever, and he loses and everyone's going to be like, oh, knew he couldn't make it. If you're going to be a critic about ultimate fighting at least wait for the guy to be confident in what he's going to do, and then you can judge him after he has his first fight. Oh, really? Because I thought all you had to do to be a critic of Ultimate Fighting was open a Facebook account. Oh, yeah. That's actually true. Same with pro wrestling, ironically. Don't worry. We, we're, oh, we're going to get to that in a minute here. But first I want to talk about some stuff that isn't actually happening in NXT. James Storm. He is not officially signed yet, you guys. I know you guys are looking forward to that, but it's... Hasn't happened yet. Sorry about your red cups. Oh, man. That was great. I'm so glad he posted that. Yeah, I, I was really uh, glad that he gave us that little tidbit. Because he's not signed to WWE, so he's able to work for us on the side. Of course. But here's some interesting news. When asked what the future held for AJ Styles and where he was going to sign, whether it be Japan or whatever... He flat out said, at this point, I'm going to do what's best for me and my family. That's a good way of dodging the question. And the last time somebody dodged the question like that, 
<clears throat> Samoa Joe, guess where they ended up? So, possibility. Would you like to see AJ Styles in WWE? Absolutely. Um, I, there's there's guys I definitely want to see him work with there. That either he's worked with on the indies or just talents that he's been um, in TNA mostly for while these other guys are coming up. There's a lot of match possibilities. Right. Well, this is the way I look at it. The smartest thing WWE can do right now when it comes to their their indie fan crowd, which they're acknowledging more so than ever, if Daniel Bryan truly is hurt to the point where they don't want him to wrestle again, they need to fill that void, and that's the best way to do it. Be- bring in other guys that people are already familiar with, who they love, who can have excellent matches with anybody, and push them. That is what they need to do. And it really feels like that's what they're doing. It's kind of interesting, too, because when you look back at it, I know I've said this before about Punk, but I feel maybe Punk and Daniel Bryan, are, when we look back on their careers, they really kind of kept that, um, they kicked the door open to the point now where, unfortunately, Daniel Bryan is not going to be allowed to compete in WWE until further notice, if ever, and they pissed off Punk so much that he left, but... Look at how many talents they like world class talents they brought in since then. I mean it these two guys kicked down the door. Yeah. They really did. And unfortunately they had to suffer through a time where guys who shouldn't be at the top were still at the top, but now Punk, WWE is Punk came in at the wrong time. Punk could have should have come in like two or three years later. Right. I mean I I'm glad he was there for that because it was all starting. But yeah, what, towards the end of his career, yeah, it was at like a fever pitch of all these new guys coming in. Right. Well, you know what, though? I, I think that the punk timeline has done more good now for guys in the future than it ever did. So people can still be critical of punk all they want. But if you're going to be that guy, if you're going to be that guy who is then just. Don't listen to this show. Because yeah, I'm going to well, talk about punk all the time. <laughs> right. But, but yeah, but if you're going to be that guy, you're just going to criticize CM Punk all the time. Uh, he's a quitter. Yeah, for everything. But you're still going to root for all these guys that are coming up. Then you need to, you owe him a thank you. Because a lot of what's happening is being done despite him. But it's a good thing. But it's also, I mean, look at the talent that came up around the same time as he did or beforehand. It was, it was all these green guys who they would train in their development who never had any experience anywhere else and, and they just picked the guys that looked good that they wanted and yeah we had guys that nobody remembers <laughs> we had a whole generation of people who just never lived up to a potential they could have had because they weren't seasoned yeah it's just you know <sighs> just one of those things man but but that's how people are. Um, we're gonna we're gonna close out with kind of an ugly thing because you know it, it's never it's never good to lose another legend. And this year's been bad for legends. Nick Bockwinkel passed away. Cauliflower Ear Club was actually the one that broke the news. Unfortunately, I wasn't really an AWA guy, so I don't have a lot of fond memories of Nick Bockwinkel. I just know what a legend he was and what an impact he was. So I know what a big deal this is. 
and you can tell that even somebody as legendary as him passing away is a big deal in the wrestling community because even idiots like, hey, man, uh, are fully acknowledging what a legend he was. Hey, man? Is he Canadian? Yes, that's the Canadian version. Oh, okay. That one, that one um, he challenges your opinions, but he still respects them because he's still Canadian. Hey, that's- buddy. Hey, buddy. <laughs> All right. Let, we're going to finish off our recap with something that's going to kind of get us into the next two segments here. As you all know, Ronda Rousey's 12-0 undefeated streak has been broken. Holly Holm was the one that knocked her out. It was a kick-to-the-face TKO. I know Pat's not a big MMA guy, but even he understands the significance of this. And I, I like Ronda Rousey. I don't yeah. I like Ronda Rousey, too. I, I also well, like the people who are saying that she lost once. Her career is over! Yeah. What? She was... I just watched Expendables 3 last week, and she's in that movie. She's a superstar. Yeah. Now, here's the thing. This is actually the best thing that could have happened, because a rematch between her and Holly Holm is going to draw double what this match did. Like, right. it, it really is going to draw huge numbers. And the the critics about this have been ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Like, so many people immediately jumped on the anti-Rousey train and were like, oh, yeah, thank God it finally happened. Now everyone's going to shut up about her and stop worshipping her. I'm like, no, people are still going to be fans of hers. The people who are going to give up are the Fairweather fans who were never really fans to begin with. That's the fact of reality of life there. Anyone who... Roddy Piper bestowed his rowdy moniker upon is worthy of your time. Absolutely. And, and so, so people who are saying that, like, you know, oh, this is going to ruin her career or whatever, are just ignorant people. Like, reality of the situation, people. You're you're dumb if you're thinking that way. If you don't like Rousey, that's fine. You know, everyone's entitled to their own opinion, no matter how wrong they are. Right, it's wrong, but you could still... You're entitled to it. But you gotta shut up with this crap. Like, no, her career is not over. And no, people aren't gonna shut up about this overrated... She's not overrated. You're only saying she's overrated because you could never do what she did. Because every girl that she beat could still kick your ass. And she she made women's MMA a th- like that. She's the star. She's the star. You know, she, she pushed forward a lot of boundaries. Right. Exactly. She's the star. She remember remember that that art of wrestling interview with Punk. But Phil, you know they're going to have women wrestle soon. He's like, yeah, it's going to be the biggest thing ever. It's going to be the hottest ticket. You'll see. Hey. Oh, CM Punk was wrong about everything. No, he wasn't. Because Ronda Rousey is the biggest draw in MMA right now. Diva's Revolution, pretty cool. But Rousey, Rousey's the real draw. I see a new meme sweeping the internet soon. And that's... Fuck you, Ronda Rousey! (laughs) Ugh. Yeah, I know a lot of people that could feel about that. Well, don't worry, guys. We're not done with this talk yet because Rousey's going to take us into our next couple of segments. But first, we're going to cut, take a very short break here 
and have a word from one of our uh, regular supporters. Hell, son, this is Stone Fold Steve Austin from the Club K Faith Podcast, and I'm here today to talk about GiantMediaBall.com. That's right, GiantMediaBall.com. It's like a giant ball media with all them damn fleas around, son, especially when you're washing your clothes and you got damn fleas all over. You can listen to We Talk Games, Hit Start Now, Mass Move Aside, Wiggly's Book Club, what? I said Wiggly's Dang Book Club, son, Talking Talkies, The Cannon Cannon, and so much more. We even got Ouch on there. Hell, son, I don't even remember who Ouch is. But We Talk Games, hell, I listen to this while I do all my damn laundry and fold my damn sheets. And that's the laundry line, cause Stonefold said so. And we're back. Oh, thank you for that. All right. For this week's Troll Truth, we turn to our old pal, the Hayman. Because who else could it possibly be? Now, earlier we talked about Rousey, and before that we talked a little bit about the Paris thing. Well... Hey, man, believes these two events are connected. Oh, my As God. Friday was a very sad day in human history. Yesterday, however, was not. Ronda Rousey is 12 and 1. <laughs> the world is a slightly better place than it was before. I reiterate. Fuck you, Ronda Rousey. <laughs> it's not even the same thing. Not even the same thing. It's not even comparable. Ugh. <laughs> just, just, like... This, this is someone who has no gauge, no barometer for the um, extermination of human lives versus <laughs> losing a title belt. Oh, he probably went nuts over the... Uh, the Tammy Stitch comedy is probably like, oh, yes, eliminate it, because it's religious, and it's religion that caused the problem. No, it's a secular religious group that makes up less than 1% of the entire religious population that's taking things to the extreme. God, do your facts, people. Fact check. But no, we gotta spread hate, we gotta spread hate, yes! Well, this young man has a lot of problems anyway. Well, we knew that. But, uh, that might not be the worst thing that's happened. Because, <laughs> apparently, Fallout 4 is too hard for him. Is he having and, trouble switching discs? <laughs> and because the, because the game is hard, it is therefore broken. It is not his fault at all that he can't beat this game. The, this is not new news. Every time he is bad at a game, even before games had glitches that could be updated, he would always complain about glitches when he sucked at a game. If a boss beat him on the first try, it wasn't because he hasn't figured out a pattern yet. It was because the game was glitched. Yes. Also, um, he gave the Angry Video Game Nerd Adventures a 0 out of 10 because of how incredibly annoying and difficult and impossible it was. Isn't I've actually the point of the game? Yeah, it's really hard, but it's so fun. Like, yeah, I've, I've definitely logged in, like, 27 lives on one level before. 
and that was before the boss fight, but I kept pushing it because I was determined to beat it. And if you get the patterns down and you stick at it, you can actually beat that game. But, I mean, isn't... I, I don't know, but isn't the game supposed to be satirical to the point where he may... He, you know, he does... Oh, my God, it's these... like you get it, Pat. Right, right. <laughs> he does reviews of all these terrible games that are impossible, or okay. like Ninja have, Turtles, where he's just looking right. at Have you cross. seen his, uh, his uh, Super Pitfall episode? Probably. I think okay. I've seen most of he, he talks about how the very first ladder you, you find in the game drops you directly into a pit. Yeah. Like, if you climb down that ladder, you just fall to a pit and die. <laughs> and he's like, that's ridiculous. I can't believe they put that there. Why would you even do that? Let's make the pit harder. Let's have spikes coming from the side and, you know, fire sharks and upside-down volcanoes and all this other stuff. Well, in the Dungeons and Dickholes level... The very first ladder you come to, if you go down it, drops you into a pit filled with all those traps. Yes, the game is specifically designed to be that way, but it is also designed in total fairness of the challenge because the controls are 100% fluent, and you can plug in a game controller and play, and man, does that help. The game is fun. The boss battles are fun, and they're hilarious, too. In fact, you fight you fight Jason and Freddy in the haunted house level, and he keeps calling him Bimmy. <laughs> Bimmy, no! And it's just the Freddy hand from the Nightmare on Elm Street game, and then Jason just running back and forth with a chainsaw. <laughs> it's awesome. It's so funny. Yeah, I mean, the game is really, really hard and ridiculous at some points, and it's, it can get, be very frustrating, but stick with it. But that's that's the thing. No. He reviewed impossible Nintendo games. That's oh. Oh. But if the game is too easy, then it wasn't worth it, and then he just rips that apart too. So I don't. I, I, I just don't get what he wants. Something middle of the road and boring. Maybe he should just design his own game. That would uh, take. That would require work and work effort. And yeah. effort. Uh, I can't do that. I can't, I can't get disc two to load. Stop turning off your system. God, that's that's still one of my favorite stories. How 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 is one man? How is one man that stupid? Like how yeah. did you, how did you get all the way to the Xbox three sixty? How did you wait? How did you ever play Resident Evil two? Yeah. Huh. I bet he hated the controls in the first Resident Evil. Uh, these controls are terrible. This game was made so poorly. Well, they improved upon it. Well, it's not even worth playing the first one. Well, the first one was revolutionary. It de- no, it's not even worth it. All right. You know it's not worth it? This conversation. I think I think that's true, actually. I think he pretends the series starts at 2. Yes. And then he skipped 4, which was revolutionary to the entire series. But- <laughs> that made me laugh the hardest. About the Fallout rant was his complaint was because the oh it was something about the healing oh, right. oh yeah he he died in an intense firefight because he couldn't get his his healing back and he's like no it's completely ridiculous that the healing takes so long when Link walks into a magic potion time stops while his health refills when Mario grabs a mushroom it doesn't cause him to slowly grow for a period of a minute and a half. But isn't Fallout supposed to be um, like a sim, like a, a true-to-life sim? So guess what? Mario? 
Sonic not the Hedgehog. Not true to life. <laughs> um, what was the other one? Zelda? Not yeah. not true to life. My, my favorite thing about it was uh, Matthew Anderson's response to me. He's like, I'm going to get him to play Dark Souls 2. I'm like, that's just mean. Do it. Please do it. Because <laughs> he'll yeah. never... He'll never be able to do anything with that game. That's for a true gamer. Of which I am! No, you're not. You're really not. Guess what? I don't have the time for Fallout 4, so instead of getting frustrated by playing it, I'm just not going to. I'm just not going to. <sighs> no disrespect to anyone who likes Fallout 4 and that's your thing. Just, I, I hate when people pick up a game just because everyone else is buying it and they get it and then they complain that it's broken because it's just not a game they like or a, or a style of play they like. And that seems to be what he would do. He would buy a popular game or a game because someone else said, hey, this is good. And he got it and he would just complain about it. And he should just stick to his Batman games, <laughs> which, which also suck when there's not enough Robin in them. <laughs> I bought this Batman game and there's not enough Nightwing. Ugh, terrible. Two out of ten. Maybe you should buy a Nightwing game. Yeah, why don't you try playing a Nightwing game? Oh, uh, they don't make any. Oh, one of these days, I'm going to have to find the video game he designed. It was him and all of his friends being taken into the TV and through all the worlds where, like, everybody was dead except for the characters he liked. Like, he would be in the Ninja Turtle world, and the only turtle alive was, like, Michelangelo. And then it was, you know, oh, and, and these people were here, too. And then we had to do all this stuff and, and kill this person. like And this Dragon Ball Z character, and then we had the same... Yeah, that was another one! Oh, yeah. he, that was his entire concept for a video game. And I'm like... So his, that enti- <laughs> his entire concept... For a video game would involve licensing so many different franchises. At, at least ten to fifteen different franchises and putting him and his friends in it. <laughs> uh, fantastic. I mean, if that doesn't sum up well, this is episode one twenty seven, so we've already summed it up enough, but if that didn't sum up the Hey Man for you, nothing else I can ever say. I will. have a lot of original thoughts. They're just re- involving existing franchises. I'll have to. I'll have to actually make the effort to dig that one up one time. I know that will require me going through the bowels of my conversations with him, but I've ignored him for so long that I don't think that's that much material I have to go through. Well, as you guys know, Dan Peck is out sick, so I have taken the liberty of going to the Facebooks to pull Facebook comments for this week because stupidity doesn't just stop. With all this stuff. No, it's everywhere on the internet. So here's what they did. It's the internet's birthday present to you. Exactly. Thanks, internet. Thanks for nothing. WWE created ten unreleased posters for Survivor Series. All of them involving Undertaker art. And they asked which one you like the best. Now, the preview picture for this article only features two posters. So I have to point out that at least half the comments are picking between those two posters. (laughs) <laughs> because, no, the one on the right, no, the one on the left. Uh, yeah, there's like eight more you're not seeing, but okay. Do a barrel roll. So here are people's opinions on the Survivor Series posters. All right. Upcoming NXT superstars are the worst as compared to former old school wrestler like Edge, The Rock, Stone Cold Steve Austin. 
is there a comma or anything in there? <laughs> There's two ellipses. <laughs> wow. Oh, and NXT superstars are the worst is the letter R. I also like how this person did not capitalize anything except for the A in Austin. Yes. Well, thank you for your input on NXT superstars. Okay. <laughs> this next person has a very observant comment. Well, if you absolutely must use The Undertaker, then I choose the one on the right. But if Roman Reigns wins the title, it's going to suck watching. Maybe have him win and have Sheamus come and kick him in the face and cash in money in the bank, even though I hate Sheamus too. So how does that help? <laughs> I hate this guy, and I also hate this guy. I didn't really think this through. Why is this PPV still called Survivor Series when there is not going to be a Survivor Series match? Because um, there's a Survivor Series tournament in which the Survivor will be do the new WWE champion. We also haven't finished booking yet. Oh, and then the response to this was like, it's like having the Royal Rumble without the Royal Rumble. No, no, it's really not. Survivor <laughs> no. Series has happened before. <laughs> it's happened twice without actual Survivor Series traditional matches. But the Royal Rumble has not happened without a Royal Rumble. Yes. One of them was 02 with the Elimination Chamber, and the other one was 98, which was so good because it was jam-packed with Attitude Era goodness that nobody cared. But apparently people care. All right. The Undertaker needs to grow his hair furthermore in order to get match. I think looks awesome, especially right one. It's dark and satanic. So he's not going to have a match unless he grows his hair. <laughs> Your hair needs to be long. He's like Samson. Yes. Uh, this one. Still using pics of Mark from years ago, eh? You'd think one from this year would be normal, seeing he's still alive. What? <laughs> What's that even mean? Oh, okay, Mark. So what are you, his friggin' best friend? Oh, yeah, that's Mark they're using pictures of. <laughs> no, buddy, you're this, the Mark. This Mark knows Mark. <laughs> yeah, this Mark sure knows his Mark's. By the way, all of these posters are pee cool. Oh, they're all great, aren't they? Yeah. The most popular one is the one with the double taker. The one with one upside down, or yeah, where that's... there's like there's two undertakers on it. Yeah, that one's pretty good. The most boring one is the one I just came across, which is just a close-up shot of his face. <laughs> which, of course, I'm sure everybody was like, "Oh, that's the best." <laughs> Five stars. Okay, uh, this comment. Has a great observation of which poster is the best. <laughs> Sheamus and King Barrett will be great heel tag champs. Huh. <laughs> yep, thank you. And our final comment, <clears throat> because it was the top comment I saw, came from A Man. Oh, <laughs> wow. Bonus. <laughs> what does it matter? His entire career was rendered irrelevant. <laughs> I thought he wasn't watching wrestling. <laughs> no, but he's still following. What does it even matter? Ugh. Good lord. 
Uh, I may have quit watching, but I haven't quit complaining. My opinions are so important. I haven't stopped reading results. No. No, I don't think he has. All right. Well, with all those comments in the bag, that means only one thing is left. It is time to play points or... Buried. Suck it, suck it, suck it. (laughs) Or... Folded. Or... Frozen. Or... Oh, yeah, and speared. All right, hold on. I'm going to throw the cards on the ground. Baseball cards down. All right, or... Oh, Don Weston, I can't resist the cards when they're on the <laughs> ground. I'm swimming in them, swimming! Oh. That was great. He was just sitting casually in the chair like a normal person until I threw so the cards on the cards, ground. Yeah, and then he just, like a magnet. Or will you get the dreaded ah Oh, no. With the heel... All right, so uh, Joe Mad Dog Needle actually gave us an idea for a game this week. It was kind of fun. Uh, the whole concept of the game was that you were going to describe the love life, of course, because what else would we possibly talk about, between good old John Cena and Nikki Bella. But you had to do it in only <clears throat> in only five words because, you know, John Cena only has five moves of doom. So I upped the game a little bit and decided to let everybody choose any two wrestlers that you wanted. Duplicates were okay, as long as you didn't duplicate both. And describe their relationship in only five words. Okay. Uh, Nobody duplicated any couples. But uh, we did have one entry go past the deadline. Russell Wright, there is a cutoff. So your entry will not be played this week. But that's okay. Just keep that one in mind. That's why we do the 24-hour cutoff. Even though some people don't like it, but too bad. Aww. It's, it's been that way since we started the game almost two years ago now, so I'm not changing it. Even though somebody who's been playing since the beginning still hates it, but whatever. All right, so you ready to hear a, cup, a couple of couples yes. and their relationship described in five words? Yes. All right, so our first couple is Crystal Marshall and Bobby Lashley. Do I love Lashley? No. Points. Charles Hardman, points. No. I have nothing to say. Oh, thanks, Bobby. Best promo ever. (laughs) Oh, you bastard. Bastard. All right. Next, of course, is Chris and Nancy Benoit. Like beating a dead horse. Oh my god. Oh my god, really? I I, I did not have a rule against using dead wrestlers. Oh man. I'm gonna give you cringe points. Cringies to Dan Dahl. Alright. Next is uh Mock Henry and Mae Young. Ow, my hip popped again. That has to get cringe points, too. Yep. Cringies to John Salinas. Right. Next one is Lori Fulton and Raven. What about me? What about child support? Aw. Aw. Points. Now, all right. Now, I got to point this out, and I'm going to let you make the judge. This was not five words. 
there were seven words. But because a couple of the words repeated, there's technically still only five words being used. Yes. Yes. So I'm going to count it. All right. Matt, Matt Hardman, you get points. So uh, you can uh, you need to thank Dan Dahl for that one, because Dan Dahl's the one who pointed that out. And it's why I acknowledged it. All right. This next relationship is between Pat Patterson and Darren Young. Of course Mr. it is. <laughs> Mr. No Nights Off 2. Oh, God. <laughs> Points. Oh. All right. Joe Mad, Dog Needle. Joe Mad Dog Needle, 150 on your own game. Good job. God. All right. Pat, are you familiar with George of the Jungle by any chance? I am. Okay. So you'll understand why I sing this next part. The relationship is between Macho Man and Miss Elizabeth. Oh, no. <laughs> Watch out for that tree. Oh. Oh. Double cringies and points. Oh, damn. 200 points to Don Mario. Damn. <laughs> All right. Well, speaking with Miss Elizabeth, this one's with Lex Luger. Oh, God. <laughs> Operator, do you know CPR? Oh, oh God! Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> That's oh God! That's um, a double cringy's endpoints again. Two hundred points to Mike Simsack. Wow. Uh, we might not have gotten a lot of entries for this game, but... Remember, it's, hey, it's Lex Luger. Hey, it's Miss Elizabeth. Oh, God. Imagine if he submitted, hey, what's in that bag? Oh, man. I got so so much heel heat for that. I thought it was funny. <laughs> it was horrible, but it was funny. He also ruined the surprise, the big surprise, walked right past the window. Right past oh, the giant the- glass doors. Hey, what's in there? Oh, all the fans. These arms are going to rip your head off. And then he got stuck in a t-shirt that same night. Because the arms were so big, they were going to rip DDP's <laughs> head off. They didn't even, He didn't even face DDP after all that. No, we watched DDP face Canyon. Yeah. And then Simsack ran over his foot, and then he died. <laughs> That's how it happened. Yep. All right. <clears throat> This is a relationship between Chris Benoit and Mike Awesome. Two friends just hanging together. Wow, okay. I had to double check and make sure that was five, but yes. Two friends just hanging together. Points. Alan Craig, points. Right. Uh, (laughs) This next one, this next one kind of plays into the uh, Grammar Slam a little bit. With a spell check. It's the relationship between Jeff Hardy and CM Punk. How do you spell Illuminamis? <laughs> I guess points, too. Michael Vaughn, points. Wow. All right, we're at the Biggie Countdown. Are we going to have a full collection? I think so. All right. Well, this is a relationship between Kevin Nash and Seth Rollins. Uh-oh. Ha, 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 Seth. Oh, my quad. <laughs> oh. Points. 
Uh, points to Taylor Chadwick. All right, this is between The Miz and his emotionally unavailable father. <laughs> Never gonna give you up. Let's yeah, let's give that points. Glenn Cookin points. Oh man, bringing back references that we don't make anywhere near enough. Well, here's a reference that we we are making again. It's James Storm talking to Martha Hart. Sorry about oh. your damn luck. Oh, they're just gonna say sorry. <laughs> Oh my god! Oh, that condolence service, <laughs> man. Oh, that gets that gets double cringies and points as well. Oh man, two hundred to Chev. Uh, I apologize for not updating this board. I'm gonna have to do that this week because I'm way behind, and I don't even know if Chev has overtaken Ellis yet. Uh, Ellis on his honeymoon right now, so he didn't even submit one. So this could be Shiv's comeback here. We'll have to update and find out. All right, we got two left. This is a relation. Uh, this is a brotherly love. It's Chris and Carrie Von Eric. Hey, join the Suicide Squad. Aw, I'm just gonna give that cringies and a sad face. Aw, cringies and sad face to Matt Awesome. And then our final entry doesn't actually have a second person. It's just one person. It's Diana Hart going, what's in this orange juice? Cringy. Yeah, there's a lot of cringies. You get the reference, right? I do. Okay. I'm just cringing. That's all I'm doing. All right. And cringes is. Yeah, thank you, Matthew Anderson. Yeah. <clears throat> no, good job, guys. Nobody got... Uh, you know what? We're, since... since uh, I'm, I'm really sorry, guys. All right, hold on one second here. We had a late entry. I'm not even going to read it because I don't read late entries, but I'm going to just let it pass around the room real quick because nobody got to do anything. Trips, I'll start with you. Oh, yes. I'm going to bury this. Uh-oh. Uh, Elson, I'm going to fold this damn entry up because it was late. I don't like tardy. Oh, I hear the buzzer again. Follow <laughs> the buzzer. <laughs> oh, he's gone. Oh, he's out. No, I'm going to freeze it while it is right here in front of me and slide it down to William Sandberg. It's Goldberg. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to have to spear that ice block of an entry. <laughs> oh, I'm swimming. Now I'm swimming in the shards of glass that have been broken by the spear of your entry. Oh, oh, but I have to move out of the way because heel Roman Reigns is standing up. Oh, that's right, baby girl. And now it's time to. Oh, wow. Okay. He actually, it was like a a vortex, like a black hole opened up and just sucked all that ice off the floor and into him. That was crazy. He went backwards. Whew. At least there's no mess. Yeah. Well, you know what? <laughs> hey. So, uh, oh, he's also giving right. a thumbs down because that's a negative. Um, all right, Ru Russell, this is your lesson. Don't be late or you get all the things. And I mean all the things. 
Um, I have an easy winner this week. Oh yeah, yeah. Which one? It's Mike Simsack. All right then, operator. You know CPR. Damn. All right, Mike. Good job, man. Two hundred fifty points. That's crazy. That's cray cray. Ah, oh, well, that does it for this week, guys. Uh, thank you for the birthday edition. Thank you, Dan, for giving me all the airtime. You know, except for those parts I had to share it with Pat. But if I did this by myself, that would be terrible because you needed a birthday host. I was the master of celebrations, as it were. Ah, yes. Didn't we do something similar for your birthday? I don't know. Did we? I don't even remember. Yeah, yeah, well, it was a while ago. Well, that's because your birthday always happens around WrestleMania hype time. So we're too busy talking about birthday that. Birthday mania. Yeah. We're too, yeah, we're too busy talking about what they're uh, what they're doing wrong. <laughs> Even though 31 was pretty kick-ass. Birthday mania 30 was <laughs> was one of the least fun WrestleManias. Even though it was still a good WrestleMania, but you were not in a it fun a, environment. And it was also an excellent story in retrospect. Yes, but you were not in the best situation at the time. However, the one part about that I will never forget is uh, your brother's comment to Shin about Taker's streak. You were saying? <laughs> there are so many things I will not forget about that night. Oh, I know. <clears throat> you really screwed the pooch that night. I did. I did indeed. Well, I'm not going to let you screw the pooch on my birthday, so I'm going to have to call the cops now. Uh-oh. Uh-oh, indeed. Here they come. Bye, everybody. Yeah. See you guys. We out. Kindergarten.